want to talk about sacrifice today. I've had this on my heart and my mind for several weeks. The more that I've looked into it, the more I've not known where to start or really even where to stop at this point. There's so many things that could be said about sacrifice. We could spend weeks studying the Old Testament commandments on animal sacrifices, why they were important. We could look at all the examples in the scripture for sacrifices. Why was Abel's sacrifice accepted and Cain's not? There's a good reason for that. Why did God ask Abraham to sacrifice his son and then stop him? And so on. We could talk about how Jesus Christ was and is the perfect sacrifice, and we will touch on that today. We could talk about connecting all those things together for us to understand why the sacrificial system, why the shedding of blood, and so on and so forth. And it ended up being a five, six, eight part series. But that's not really the center of what I want to talk about today. Instead, I just want to talk very briefly about what sacrifice is today in our current contexts. And to do that, I want to just open with two verses in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I very briefly mentioned this last Sunday when we talked about, I believe it was last Sunday, loving God and loving your neighbor. And I mentioned the book of Romans was a series of arguments and that in Chapter 12, we get the the reason for the arguments and what we should do then. And I mentioned Ephesians was set up the same way. We'll be in Romans and Ephesians today, but the verse I want to start with, Ephesians 5, beginning with verse 1 and 2. And as we see, it begins with, therefore. So again, this idea that Paul has laid out for us in this scripture, the way that we're supposed to live, the things that we are to do, the things that we are not to do. And then summarizes and shifts uh, midway through the book, just with the book of Romans, into how we should then live. And so it says, Ephesians 5, beginning with verse 1, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And so we begin the conclusion of Ephesians, knowing everything that we know, therefore we are to walk as Christ walked. We are to sacrifice ourselves as Christ was a sacrifice for us. See, this is the point in the conclusion to everything leading up to this point. Therefore, we are to imitate God as beloved children, to walk in love as Christ loved us, which is unconditionally, and he gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God. And so when we think about this concept of sacrifice, as I said, there's so many uh, scriptures, so much that I could go through, but let me just summarize it into three key points. And you'll have to trust me or check me out to make sure I'm right, because I don't don't have time to run down every single one of these. But let me summarize what a sacrifice is. First, it is something that is your best. 
A sacrifice is something that is your best. There's examples numerous in the Old Testament and even the New Testament, but specifically talking about animal sacrifices. You didn't go out and take the one that was lame that you were going to kill anyway or something like that. You took the best that you had and you sacrificed, you gave it back to God. So when we think about a sacrifice, it is something that should be our best. The best that we have to give is what we are to give, to sacrifice, to give up to the Lord. The second thing that a sacrifice must be is something that costs you something. For it to truly be a sacrifice, it has to cost something. We think perhaps about the story of the widow who was uh, at the temple, and she had roughly two pennies, all that she had, and she gave everything that she had. She sacrificed it to the Lord. She gave it to the Lord. And Christ tells us that she gave more than the rich man. Because he gave out of his extra, she gave all that she had. And so if we want to give a sacrifice, not only should it be from the best of what we have, it should be something that costs us something. If we only give what we have in excess, that's not really a sacrifice. It's a good thing to do, but it's not a sacrifice as we talk about it. The third thing about a sacrifice is we must do it not expecting a reward. I go to work, and they pay me for it. It's not a sacrifice because I expect a reward for it, you see? That's just simply a contractual arrangement, if you will, that I have with my employer. We don't consider that a sacrifice. So if we are giving our best, if it's something that costs us something, and we're doing it not on the basis of some type of reward, then what we are doing is giving a sacrifice. So let me just repeat these three things. And there's more that we could say. And again, I could go down countless verses to really back this up through Scripture, but that's not where I want to focus today. It must be something that is our best. It must be something that costs us something. And it must be something we don't expect a reward for. Now, having said that, we don't have animal sacrifices today. And I don't want to spend a great deal of time, so I'm just going to summarize and say that when Jesus Christ came into this world and died on the cross, our sacrifice that covers us, the old covenant, the old way of doing things, which required repeated sacrifices of blood, of animals, of goats and bulls and pigeons and these things, that was completed and fulfilled and is no longer necessary. Because the one sacrifice, the only one who needed to be sacrificed, the only one who is perfect under all things, Jesus Christ has completed and fulfilled that law. And all that is required is our faith in him and the application of his blood to our lives. That is the sacrifice that fulfills the law. But... 
I believe, and we can see this in Scripture, we are called as followers of Christ, as we just read, to sacrifice as well. What is it that we're sacrificing? If we're not going out and sacrificing animals, yet we're still supposed to sacrifice things, what is it that we are to sacrifice? I've touched on this in previous sermons, and there's probably a list that's longer than this, but so far, here's some categories if you're taking notes. We can sacrifice our prayer. Psalms 141 and 2 says... May my prayers be set before you like incense. Now again, just briefly to summarize, incense is something that was burned or sacrificed in honor of God in the tabernacle at all times. There was always to be incense, an offering of incense set before God to be ever present and ever burning before him. That was a commandment. That was the way things were to be done. And so we, too, should pray at all times, even when we don't want to. Even when we don't feel like it. Even when it's difficult to do. And trust me, I'll go ahead and admit it for you. Sometimes it's very difficult to pray. Go ahead and shake your head. Sometimes it's very hard. And sometimes it's a sacrifice to do that. And it is something that we ought to be doing just as the incense was offered before the Lord continually. I believe the scriptures tell us that we should be praying continually. That is part of what we are sacrificing to God. We are our prayers. Something else that we should sacrifice to God, and I've mentioned this before we talked about worship. We should sacrifice our praise. Our praise. Hebrew 13 and 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that openly profess His name. How do we give a sacrifice of praise? We praise Him publicly. That means that sometimes in our conversations... With others, whether they be believers or they not be, we give lip service, legitimate praise of God to them verbally. Or if you're sending them a letter in writing. Even, follow me here, if it costs you something. Even if you think they will make fun of you, they don't agree with you, they will not like you, whatever you think might happen, it is still our duty and obligation to give verbal praise to our Lord and our God and our Father. We're also to sacrifice praise when things don't go right. There's lots of scriptures that talk about this. Even when things aren't going right. We give God praise. If you're reading along the scriptures with us this year, we've been heavy into the story of David. And we see over and over again the difficulties that he comes across, whether the people who are cheating him or the people who are capturing his family or Saul who's chasing them down. And David repeatedly gives praise to the Lord even when things don't seem to be going right. He's going to give praise verbally and by his actions to the Lord. Now, the other part of this that we may not like, let me read the verse again. It says, through Jesus, therefore, let us 
continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Listen, remember I said, sacrifices must be your best. It must cost you something and you shouldn't expect a reward. If your praise occurs for about 45 minutes once a week on a Sunday, that's not really a sacrifice because it's to be done continually. Now, does that mean that all you can ever talk about is Jesus Christ? No. But every bit of your conversation should reflect who he is. That's how we give praise, by how we live, by what we say, by the things that we do. And it should be done continually, both by action and by speech. And when we stand for what is right, when we help those who are oppressed, when we speak truth, when we praise God, whether it be written or verbally, we are sacrificing praise to him. And we should do that. The other way that we sacrifice things is our will. This is a really hard one. Luke 22 and 42, this is Jesus Christ speaking. It says, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Our self, our inner self, wants to rule over us. It wants things. We, if you want to say, want things. And it is a sacrifice to give those up to Jesus Christ. This is perhaps one of the most difficult things to sacrifice, isn't it? We have plans, we have ideas, we have goals, we have things we want to accomplish, but the reality is none of this belongs to me and it all belongs to him. And what I should be willing to do, no matter what it costs me, I should give my best back to him to use. And so we should sacrifice our own desires and our own will. We should be willing to give those things up. We should also be willing to sacrifice our bodies. And again, if you look at Romans chapter 12, as I mentioned at the beginning, we see how the first 11 chapters give us the doctrine, the orthodoxy, as we discussed last week. And then we move into the orthopraxy, how we should live. And he summarizes all this as, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may test, I'm sorry, that you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good, acceptable and perfect. See, we are told under no uncertain circumstances that our body does not belong to ourselves, let alone the will that we just spoke of. Our body isn't even our own. It was purchased with a price. And we, therefore, should be willing, because of this purchase, to sacrifice, to give its service back to God. And we do that as it just clearly says. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This isn't some type of self-harm 
We're not supposed to uh, keep things from ourselves, but we're supposed to be holy and acceptable to God. Set apart for what? For His service, no matter what it costs us. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, we should not be conformed to the things of this world, look like this world, but be different, actively transformed into something different. By the renewing of our minds, we should put good things into our minds and into our hearts. This is very important. Now, there are other ways that we give our physical body as well. There's one coming up this Saturday at 9 o'clock if you're interested. But there's things beyond that too. The other one, another thing that we sacrifice is our time. And I think this is one that in uh, maybe years gone by was different than it is now. Because the reality is, no matter how much we work, and we probably, most of us work more than we should, myself included, we do have lots of leisure time that maybe our forefathers and those who went before us us did not have. So we have time. And you say, well, what verse are you going to talk about time? Well, I'm going to talk about it in a roundabout way by giving you an example. Mark 2, 4. Jesus is teaching in a house, and everyone's trying to get to him. There's a group of men who have someone who's paralyzed who want Jesus to heal this man. They cannot get inside the house. So Mark 2, 4 says, And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and when they'd made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic man lay. You know how much time that would take? Generally, at least two, probably four people had to go and find this man, pick him up wherever he's at, take the time to take him to the house, no doubt wait around outside trying to get in, trying to get in can't. So somebody had the ingenious idea, hey, let's go up on the roof and rip it open. That took time. They had to find ropes Lower the guy down. Let us not forget to sacrifice our time to God. It may cost us something. It may cost us an extra few hours that we could be earning an income to set aside for him. It could cost us a few hours of getting a project done to provide service to him and to others. We have a finite amount of time. When the sun's gone around, or I guess we've gone around, we've lost a day. We have so much time, and we ought to be using it for His glory among the things that we do. And we often forget this. Sometimes it's a serious, serious sacrifice to give our time. Philippians 2, 4 says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Taking the time to call someone and say hi is really important. 
Taking the time to write a letter or send a text is important. Taking the time to go and visit someone is very important. And I dare say that for those of us who have sacrificed time to be with someone else, especially a brother or sister in Christ, we leave feeling better than when we started, didn't we? We leave realizing that it wasn't a waste of time and that while we did not sacrifice time to get the benefit, what ended up happening? We received a blessing. We must not be too concerned about our time. I believe we should also sacrifice our talents. Ephesians 4.12 tells us that to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, we are all given individual talents, gifts, and abilities. And we are to use these talents, these gifts, and these abilities for our spiritual work. If you can teach, if you have been given the gift of teaching, then you should apply that sacrificially to the church and the people of the church. If you have been given a talent, here's what Vivian said, musically, or even if you don't think you have the talent of music, you should sacrifice that to the church whether you want to or not. Listen to me very closely. I'm going to hit home. (laughs) Maybe. Part of the sacrifice of talents might be the right sacrifice of fear. Part of a sacrifice of talent also includes a sacrifice of time. Our sister who's gone on before us, Sister Helen, when she played the organ, she told me numerous occasions she was offered um, opportunities to travel and play. And she turned pretty much all of them down except for gospel-related activities because she knew, and she would tell you, the Lord gave her the ability to play, and she was going to serve the Lord by doing that in his house and with his people, not for anyone else. Now, I'm not telling you that you can't use the talents and gifts that you have given outside of the church. I do believe that I can teach, and I teach outside of the church, but I teach inside the church as well. Whether you have gifts of administration to make things happen, to order things, and you should do that. If you have gifts of kindness, as we have one who comes so faithfully on Sundays to greet you when you come in the door, that is a sacrifice. I don't know what everyone's gifts and talents are. You do. If you don't, you should ask and God will reveal it. And when he does, you must be sure that you are giving that gift and talent back to him by sacrificing it to him, whether you like to do it or not, whether you wake up every morning excited or not. It may cost you something. And whatever talent you do give, it should be your best. We can also sacrifice our money. Now, I left this one for last for a reason. This is not a tithing sermon. I'm not here asking you to give money. But it is something to consider. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7 says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, 
For God loves a cheerful giver. Remember what I said? You must give your best. It must cost you something. We're not called to give whatever little excess we have that we can just do without. We're called to use the things that God has given us to sacrifice them. We lose the whole meaning of sacrifice because we don't understand it as a culture. I said I wasn't going to do this, but real real quick. So, again, if you've been following along with us, you've listened to the stories of David. And you remember that he was uh, thirsty and wanted this really uh, uh, specifically good water that came out of a specific well. Which most of us don't understand that either, but some water is better than others. And he said, oh, if I could only have this water. And his group of men left. They broke through the enemy lines. They risked their lives to go and get this water for David. And they brought it back, right? And you think that's an amazing feat. And what did he do? He poured it out as an offering to God. You would say he wasted it. Or did he? This is where we don't understand as a culture what it truly means to sacrifice. If you work and you work and you work and you risk your life to develop a talent, or you give up your will for something, or you speak openly when you know it's going to bring you condemnation, or you make an amount of money and you give part of it away or all of it away or whatever the Lord tells you to do, when you do any of these things and you sacrifice them to God, it is never actually wasted. And we don't understand that because we don't do sacrifices. Again, imagine you know, growing a herd of sheep or cattle and then killing a percentage of them. Just done. There's a reason behind it. And today, while we don't sacrifice cattle, there's a reason behind what we sacrifice. And real quick, and I'm running quite out of time, I want to shift gears just slightly and say that Christ is the perfect example of a living sacrifice. Matthew 20, 27 through 28, he said to his disciples, And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Luke 9 and 23. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. In other words, you must be willing to die spiritually every day to follow after me. It is not a one time thing. And Jesus Christ modeled this perfectly for us. So not only was he the absolute sacrifice, the one time sacrificed and done, sit down at the right hand of God. His life leading up to that sacrifice was a perfect example of how we should live, focused on how he should serve his father, not how he could gain wealth or gain status or gain popularity, but on what the Lord had him to do, sacrificing himself to do what God wanted him to do. Now, before we take that too far, remember Jesus Christ often pulled away 
to spend time alone with his father. It wasn't a continual sacrifice in the sense that he was never able to refresh himself. We are and ought to do those things. To tie back together last week's sermon, the greatest commandment to love our God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, to love our neighbor as ourselves. We can't do either of those and demand our own way, our own will. We can't love the Lord our God and love our neighbors and it not cost us something. We must be willing to set aside our own desires for the good of others. Galatians 5.13 says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Loving other people costs something. It may cost our time. It may cost our talents. It may cost our money. It may cost us physically when we do things for other people. Do you see how all this works? But it is exactly what Christ modeled for us, what he demands of us, and what we should do. We should give our lives for Christ as a sacrifice. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, or you could say sacrificed. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so when we think about what it is that we're going to sacrifice, when we think about what it is that we're going to do, let us be reminded that Jesus Christ purchased me and I owe him everything. So anything that I do, anything that I say, anything that I give is only for him because of him. Romans 6 says, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of the Son might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. Sacrifice and freedom that we have is not an excuse to do wrong behavior. In fact, Proverbs 21 and 3 says to do righteous injustice is more acceptable to the Lord than to sacrifice. Or to do what is right. Even if we give, even if we do, even if we give praises and give our will to God, but we don't do it willingly, or we are not obedient to Him, then it really doesn't matter either. So my question is, when you do sacrifice your will, your time, your money, your talent, your praise to God, are you doing it because you are being obedient to him, because you ought to be, or because you're expecting something in return, or just out of tradition? Hmm. Sacrifice is something we're required to do. Let me close with a verse I started, Ephesians 5, 2. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. 
We're supposed to do exactly what Jesus Christ did. We're supposed to sacrifice everything that we think that we have for his service. And so I ask you today, what are you sacrificing? Are you sacrificing your prayer? Or your praise? Or your will for his? Are you sacrificing your body as you should? What about your time or your talents or your money? Fill in the blank. Is it your best? Does it cost you something? And are you expecting something in return? As much as I would like to say, well, I want you here more. I want you here for the right reason. Some of you, it's a sacrifice to come, and some weeks more than others, and I get that. But what I'm not saying is that somehow you can just give up a Sunday morning once a week and everything's good. You have to ask yourself, what are you willing to give up? And is it the best of what you have? I want to close with one reminder of a very important sacrifice. the first sacrifice you ever make. Psalm 51. We'll go back to David. Verse 16. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. At some point in all of our lives, all of us are called to sacrifice ourselves to God. To give up our desires, to truly trust in him, to have a broken and contrite heart before the Lord. And that, above all the sacrifices that we could give, above all the animals that we could give, above all the good things that we could do, that moment when we come before the Lord and He reveals to us our sinful state and we finally give Him everything and say, I'm willing to do whatever it is that you want, and He comes into your life and saves you and covers you with His sacrifice, that moment that your life is changed, that is the first sacrifice you're giving yourself up for him not because you want something but because you know that he demands and deserves it many of people i think have mentally made the choice well i don't want to go to hell good but there's more to it than that there's a broken heart and a contrite spirit there is something inside of you that doesn't want to just exchange well if i say these words then maybe i'll get heaven when you move beyond that and you see that you deserve that god deserves our praise and our sacrifice expecting nothing in return, and I go before him and say, Lord, my heart is broken, my spirit is cast down, I don't know what to do, but just go to you. I don't care if you do anything for me now, I have to come before you. That is the moment that he will come to your life. That is the moment 
that he will not despise. That is the first sacrifice, the first true sacrifice that you give. And if you've never given it, then the whole first part of this doesn't make any difference whatsoever. You can live your life, you can give everything away, but if you've never given your heart to him, it doesn't matter. You might have done a, quote, good thing, but you've not done anything spiritually. And we are called to sacrifice spiritually and first to sacrifice for him, to love him, to call unto him. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. Oh, God, you will not despise. And so my call today is very simple. For those of us who have experienced that broken heart, that contrite spirit, and have been given a new life, we are called to sacrifice our time and our talent and our money and our praise and everything that we do for him, to do it constantly. And for those who have never yet truly given in to God, then my call for you is to do that, to give up your will, to give up your pride, to give up whatever it is that's holding you back, not because you can exchange this for glory in heaven someday, but because he demands and deserves it. And so as we have a hymn of invitation, I want you to consider these things. Are you sacrificing what you should in the ways that you should? And for those who don't know him, I ask the question, have you ever truly offered yourself up? Because when you do, when your heart and your spirit are crushed before him, he will not despise it. He will come to rescue you. And you must offer yourself to him that first time.